that is the song Good Time by Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 132 of Exactly Enough Time. Exactly Enough Time is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know? We can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection. I am Stacy Julian, a life enthusiast and a believer. I tell stories, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Thanks for listening. Hey, 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 it's been a minute. Actually, it's been a month. (laughs) We're going to talk about time today, but it's so good to be back. How often do you hear time flies when you're having fun? It drags when you're bored. Sometimes it's on our side. Other times it's racing against us. Sociology teaches that time is a social construct, something that groups of people agree on and create. Now, when we say, though, that time is a construct, it doesn't mean that time doesn't exist or that it is merely an illusion. Simply that humans have created systems of meaning that also then create the concept of what we know as time. It was the Egyptians who were the first group of people, the first civilization that we know of that um, divided up daylight, right? From sunup to sundown, they created 12 divisions. Kind of sounds familiar. Precursors of our 12-hour day. However, here's what's kind of interesting. In Egypt, these divisions followed the seasons, and they were therefore not consistent, right? The hours in a day were shorter or longer depending on the season. Now, the perception of time also has a psychological aspect, which as I've been reading and learning, I've decided to define as the physical circumstances or conditions and perhaps more importantly, the thinking that may alter how each of us as individuals perceives time. So there's the construct of hours in a day and days in a month. It's been a month. (laughs) And then there's the things that influence how we perceive those hours and divisions, other divisions of time. We often hear and may say, oh, I'm so sorry. I just can't. I'm short on time. Or, oh, come on, you guys, hurry up. We're running out of time. How about this one? I don't have any time today. That's not even possible. (laughs) But here's another one. Time is of the essence. I've never really understood what that means. It is fascinating that we don't generally hear or say, oh, I have all this time. I just don't know what to do. Or, 
I am just swimming in time. Somebody help me. (laughs) Okay, so if you've been listening long, you know I'm a big fan of time. And as you may be able to discern from the title of this podcast, I believe we have exactly enough of it. I've already shared back in episode 102 the story of my podcast's name, which comes from a poem that Brian Andreas, or Kai Sky, that's his pen name, wrote. It goes like this. Everything changed the day she realized there is exactly enough time for the most important things in her life. Wow! Being introduced to this idea and then choosing ultimately to believe it has been life-changing for me. Not that I don't get stressed out or ever complain that my day feels full, I most certainly do, but I have experienced a shift in how I add and subtract things to the time that I have exactly enough of. Okay, so when opportunities present themselves, it is less about how much time it may or may not require and more about how much I want whatever it is to be a part of my human experience. Knowing I have exactly enough time has helped me more easily see what my priorities are during any given season of life. Because if there really is exactly enough time, then we can't run out. And our only job is to discover how to be present so that we can use and relish the time that we have. June wraps up the first season of my brand new membership, Live Your Story. During the three months, April, May, and June, we as a community have been focusing on time. And this month in June, we're pondering the question, how can I be more present with time? Now, this episode today is very similar to the episode that I published over in the membership for Live Your Story members. If you're not yet with me in Live Your Story, I kind of think you're missing out. I'm just going to say it, say it like it is. <laughs> and I don't believe that Live Your Story is for everyone. But listen, if you are walking around with thousands of images on your smartphone, but you're not yet doing anything with them, if you crave creative time, but you are tired of feeling overwhelmed when you think about sitting down to create, if you need human connection and the support of community, the accountability of like-minded friends, if you are ready for fun, doable, memory-keeping solutions, and finally, if you would like to feel inspired and guided in your personal storytelling, then what are you waiting for? Okay, I invite you to, to use the code. Okay, here's a code, special code for you, special promo code. I invite you to use the code LISTEN, L-I-S-T-E-N, to come and try Live Your Story for free. No cost to you for 30 days. Now, we are just about to kick off our summer season with a new theme, can't tell you what it is, a new quote to memorize, a new book to read, a new project. We do a collective project once a season. 
a brand new project to finish and three months of delightfully colorful calendars with silly holidays and live interactive sessions, five each month. If you think that sounds like you might enjoy it, come check us out. Okay, the link where you can learn much more about Live Your Story will be in the show notes. Now, back to our focus today on time. And I'm going to start with a round of did you know. Did you know experiencing positive feelings or states actually makes us feel like time is passing faster than negative feelings or states do? Did you know not all positive states are created equal? Sometimes we experience feelings of contentment and serenity, and we need that. We crave that. These feelings are certainly positive ones, but they aren't very high in what researchers call approach motivation. They don't make us want to approach something, to go out of our comfort zone, to pursue or achieve a goal. Did you know? Feelings of desire or excitement, on the other hand, are very high in approach motivation. They motivate us to go forth and conquer. And these kinds of feelings create the sense that time is moving faster. Did you know that time flies, quote unquote, the fastest when we're engaged in a goal-oriented action with a positive outcome? So to summarize, we tend to believe that time flies when we're having a good time. But studies suggest that what we mean by good time is actually us engaged in an achievement-directed action. So just being content or satisfied may not make time fly, but being excited or actively pursuing something we care about and believe in working toward a desired outcome definitely can. Now, I personally have experienced the sense of lost time or what Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi calls flow as I've been engrossed in designing or assembling a scrapbook page or project. I can actually lose track of time as I'm immersed in doing the thing that I love to do which is create physical evidence of happy memories. Now, on the flip side, there are also time expansion experiences, or TEEs. These occur when a person's normal experience of time slows way down or expands significantly. And some research has associated this phenomenon with accidents or near-death experiences when people often describe that things progressed in slow motion or life flashed before them in what was mere seconds. In a series of studies out of Carleton University in Canada, researchers tested whether people perceived time moving more slowly in nature compared with urban settings. In experiments that included both virtual and actual environments, Participants experienced walking through either a natural setting or surroundings, such as a forest trail, or, or walking through a bustling urban location, such as a big city. They estimated the duration of the experiences in minutes and seconds. Okay, The first three experiments involved imagery, 
meaning just pictures and video. And researchers, this is interesting, found no significant difference in estimates of actual time duration between the nature and urban conditions. But in all three studies, the participants in the nature condition reported feeling a slower passage of time compared with those in the urban setting. The construct didn't change, the perception did. And it gets better when the researchers actually took participants outside for walks in either natural or urban settings, those in nature reported longer objective and subjective perceptions of elapsed time. They actually thought they were outside longer in minutes and in the sense that they were right experiencing time more slowly. Individuals in nature report feeling more relaxed big surprise (laughs) than those in an urban condition. All right, we know this. Nature itself does slow our sense of time, but so does novelty. Huh, particularly when it requires encoding with multiple senses. So the more unusual or new to you and the more sensory, like You've got to see it, feel it, hear it, touch it, and or taste it. The more slowly you perceive the experience, you know, playing out. Think about children. The world is a fascinating place full of new experiences and fresh sensations. About a week ago, my little granddaughter was in town and we went on a walk. And I forgot how long it takes to walk with a toddler. She has to touch and pick up and feel, right, everything, and she wanders off the path. Because to her, there is no path. I love that. Everything must be touched, felt, understood, encoded by her little brain. But as we get older, there are fewer new things. And we and the world around us become more and more familiar. We actually become desensitized as our conscious quickly scans something and reports, yep, nothing new here. As we mature cognitively, we learn to process less information and time seems to speed up. Our brains encode or memorize how to do everyday things that used to require fixed attention. And this is obviously a good and amazing aspect of our human brain. It allows us to become increasingly proficient but it also removes so much of life from our visceral conscience and that is and then it's very easy to kind of miss out or to become checked out layer on top of that neural efficiency a realm and constant flow of virtual information i.e a 24-hour news cycle entertainment on demand endless scrolling on social media And it's no wonder we feel untethered, unsettled, and insecure. And the result is often anxiety. We become so used to layering tasks on top of other tasks that we're proficient at that it becomes almost impossible to just drive or just cook or just go on a walk 
we must also be doing something else at the same time or attempting to, even if it's just listening or consuming more information. Okay, so to perceive or experience time more slowly, to be more present, we must intentionally expose ourselves to as much new experience as possible, or we must deliberately interrupt the daily flow, the blur of life, and invite mindfulness. Of course, we can travel to new places, but just as effectively we can take a new route to a familiar place. We can choose to give ourselves new challenges, to meet new people, or to actually see and converse with people that we meet. We can expose our minds to new hobbies and skills and so on. And these efforts increase our cognitive load, the amount of physical information that our minds process and thereby we stretch out our experience of time passing. This plus giving our whole attention to an experience to what we're actually seeing, feeling, tasting, smelling, or hearing. This is how we become more present. So in Live Your Story in June, we have look and see challenges. And they're things to watch for. They're things to photograph. One of our challenges in June has been 10 and 2. So the idea that we can stop at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock either in the morning or the afternoon, whenever it makes sense for you. You can set an alarm on your phone for 10 o'clock and two o'clock, maybe just a couple days a week. And, um, and then when your alarm goes off, you go, oh, where am I? Who am I with? What am I doing? And you take a picture. And I've been doing this. In fact, this morning, I just switched my alarms a little bit. I, you know, I changed the 10 a.m. alarm instead of happening on Tuesdays and Saturdays, I changed it to Mondays and Wednesdays. And, and the 2 p.m. alarm is now gonna go off on Saturdays and you know Wednesdays. And it's been so much fun. And I truly have been able to pay more attention, you know, and, and go, oh my goodness, here I am, you know, and, and take pictures of the people that I'm with and what I'm doing. Much of it is everyday life. Much of it, much of it has been mundane, but there have been a few really special moments that I have thought to capture with my camera because of that 10 and 2 look and see challenge for June. I've loved it. One reason photography is so magical is because it does re- require us to stop. We have to focus and then we have to frame what we see. So photography, if you want it to be, can become for you a mindfulness practice. How we think about time, i.e. believing that we have enough and then conscientiously choosing where to spend that time and how to engage, especially with goal-oriented projects, can and does influence our perception of the time that we have. Now, I have something I want you to listen to, and it's going to be a contrast to my voice and to the upbeat music that I like to generally play. And I'm only going to play 30 seconds, but I want you to try and imagine where this soundscape may have been captured. Okay, here we go.
What do you think? <laughs> what you've just heard is 30 seconds of a one-hour recording from the Ho, H-O-H, Rain Forest in the Olympic National Park in Washington State, not far from where I grew up when I decided to name this podcast Slow, Quiet, and Present. I decided to just Google those words together, and I was introduced to Gordon Hempton, who made this soundscape available. Um, And after I learned about him and read about him, I was just like, I'm all in. I totally want to support this guy. (laughs) So I purchased this one-hour recording of Quiet, and I love it. (laughs) Most modern men and women buffeted by noise pollution in man-made concrete and glass city canyons and increasingly addicted to mass social media and earbud escape have become disconnected from a world they seldom experience firsthand. A pilgrimage to such a quiet place may be just the remedy for what ails you in these increasingly noisy times. Now that's a snippet from the Explorer X about page. Attempting to sell you on a small group expedition with Gordon Hempton into the depths of the Amazon jungle. Or if you Google mindful adventure travel, you could book a trip with a company called Recal who as part of its Quiet Park series will take you into the Boundary Waters Wilderness Area to canoe, portage, camp, and listen to the natural soundscapes on a perfectly quiet hike. You would also participate in breathwork sessions and enjoy sensory-focused silent meals. Doesn't that sound amazing? Okay, but shy of spending thousands of dollars on such an expedition, I want to leave you today with five ways engage with some of the ideas I've shared today, and specifically five ways to slow time, to be quiet, and to practice mindfulness. Number one, I want you to step out of the shower and onto the rug or whatever, the mat, and I want you to pause long enough before you dry off to feel water form droplets and begin to drip down your neck or legs. (laughs) I want you to take a bite of complex food, and I, I don't know what else to call it, but food that is a mixture of different textures, so soup, or salad, or maybe ice cream with yummy chunks in it. And I want you to not chew or swallow, but move things around on your tongue and see if you can sort out the food. Like, where are the peas and the carrots, or the pecans, or the chunks of cookie dough, or whatever it is. Okay? Just play with food, sort it out on your tongue. And number three, I want you to sit outside and just listen. No earbuds, no computer, no book. Sit there long enough that you acclimate your ears, I should say, and you start to hear your own local soundscape. Now, it may not be one that is completely natural. Likely, it is not. 
So I want you to sit there long enough that you can sort out sounds and recognize five different sounds, which are man-made and which are natural. And in my reading, they said, don't try to identify them so much as just discern them. Okay, next. For one day, when you eat or maybe sit down to create or watch TV, don't sit where you normally sit. I want you to find a new chair and or a new location at the table. Notice how this one shift changes what you perceive and how you engage with the activity that you are going to engage with. And number five, don't listen to anything while you drive. What? (laughs) Instead, imagine yourself a tour guide and explain to another person, real or imagined, your route. Tell them what you are seeing. Say it out loud. Point out the details of a particular house or business. Explain why these are points of interest along your way. What they're used for. Just tell someone, anyone, (laughs) your imaginary friend, what you know about your neighborhood, your community, your city, your commute. You could also just play a mental game. And we used to do this when we were kids. You could see if you could find all the letters in the alphabet before you arrive at your destination. Or you could just count signs or people or people with pets. Could be fun. This is what I want you to ponder. Time truly is a gift. Yes, it's a construct. And yes, it's perceived most of the time through psychological filters. Either way, it's a gift. And we unwrap it when we choose to be present. Think slow, quiet, and present. One of the most exciting areas of medicine today is longevity and the science of lifespan. There are studies that are exposing, as you might guess, the importance of food as medicine, regular movement, restorative sleep, all of those things which are sensible and important. And I'm all in for living longer. I think it's fascinating and I follow a couple of people and you know check in every so often because I would love to live longer. But in preparing this episode today, I decided is that really the goal or do I want to more fully experience the life that I will live? Is it just living longer or is it living more present the hours right, and days and months that you've been given? I want to expand my experience of time intentionally. We often say, I just want to have a good time. Think of the song that I started today's episode with. Carly Jepsen sings it. But what if we decide instead of just having a good time, we desire to have a mindful time? (gasps) That's kind of fun, right? Kind of a twist. So the next time you're headed out the door with your kids or friends or whoever, and you're apt to say, let's go have a good time, 
Maybe say, let's go create more cognitive load. <laughs> let's, what are we going to do together to make sure that we are experiencing everything that there is to experience? This summer, I want to go slower and I want to create more quiet and I want to be more present. Thank you for joining me. I'd love you to come live your story and be a part of an awesome membership as we kick off summer. Be sure to follow the link in the show notes and learn how you can do that using the promo code LISTEN and get 30 days free. I will be back sometime soon with another episode of Exactly Enough Time. Thank you.